Salam salam, singaye, ishtanin. What's up? It's Omar. And this is Nura. And we're here today with a uh, with a really awesome interview, a really awesome guest today. So we have Medina, Medina Wardak. Do you go by Medina Wardak? Is that is that how I should should say it, Medina? Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> I, like when I was younger, I would go more by Nuri, which is like my mom's calm's name. But I feel like more people know who I am if it's just Medina Wardak. <laughs> Yeah, you you become quite the quite the celebrity in the Avian community, and uh, that's kind of like a, a little bit of a lead to 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 what we wanted to, to talk to you about today. And um, we're definitely excited to have you as somebody who's got some awesome things going on and is is really you know important figure that a lot of people listen to. So um, you're famously known for uh, for having the a blog, I guess we'd call it Burkas and Beer. And it's kind of your yeah. your online persona. Um, yeah. I remember meeting you the first time at uh, the Afghan American Conference. The first year was with my cousin uh, Lema, and I was like, "Oh my god, that's that girl from Instagram!" Like, "Yo, we should go talk to her." And I was like super nervous. And then my cousin was like, "Let's go, let's go, it's fine." You totally talked to her, ignored me, but it's okay. Oh like god. it was, it was totally all right. You're you're definitely like a bit of a celebrity in the community. But I, so I was really excited to meet you. But you were very humble, down to earth, and. Um, so that was really awesome. So um, I know you threw Burkas and Beer, but like, could you tell us yeah. a little bit about what Burkas and Beer is and um, and how did you and, and where does it where did it come from? Sure. Um, so basically, like uh, before Burkas and Beer, I would just write really long, angry, like Facebook statuses and just like put my opinions out there. And my friends would be like, you need to have like one centralized place where you can have all of this. And I would like toy around with the idea of a blog for so long. And then finally, I was just like, let me just do it and, and see like how it'll work out. Because then I went from doing it on Facebook to having really long Instagram posts. And then I was like, OK, let me try the blog thing. Um, and I was thinking about names for a while and I knew I wanted it to like represent what I interpreted as what could be my identity. Um, but I wanted it to be funny and I wanted it to be like hyper aggressive. So I was like, okay, like what am I always freaking asked when I talk about being Afghan and that's the burqa, like that's thrown in my face, my experience a lot, you know? So it's like, okay, oh my God, you're Afghan. What do you think about the burqa? So one part of me was like, well, I don't want to like capitalize off of that because it's so problematic or whatever. But I was like, whatever, let me just like kind of make it funny. Um, it, and it's, it, it is like that really intense version of Afghanistan. Cause when I think of Afghanistan, I actually don't think of the burqa. I'm thinking of other things, but like for these people who are non-Afghans, that's kind of the first thing that they think of. And then I was thinking like when I was growing up, like what was so non-Afghan or like non-Muslim? And that was like drinking Sharab, you know, like, oh my God, like that family drinks beer and blah, 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 or whatever. So I was like, okay, like I could be like burqas and beer. Like it's both at the same time, but I also don't really like beer and I don't wear burqas. So it's like <laughs> not me, but it is me and just all the stuff. So basically um, it's really started out. I was very much encouraged by um, kind of what was going on in Gaza at that time, because I launched burqas and beer in like 2013, 2014. Um, it kind of started out as just like political rants and stuff like that. And then over time, um, just being an outspoken Afghan female online, um, 
what ended up happening was like I would get a lot of backlash and then so it so now it's like a a combination of all of those things so it's like political views but then also my experience as a woman and it's gotten more personal throughout the years like I feel like when I first started it it was like me wanting to um put things out there that that the the general populace didn't really know about or they weren't informed about and then eventually it turned into oh my first generation you know person of color in socal and this is my experience i'm curious what, what were people's reactions to the blog name i've had reactions like across the board and like from people close to me and from people who are, who are strangers online um the majority of the time it's like oh my god that's such a great name that's hilarious um but yeah sometimes here and there i'll get like like people who seem like they're offended by it um one of my best friends shamoyel who i'm doing a lot of projects with um she actually doesn't like the name at all um and she'll really? say yeah, and she oh. she lived she lived in Afghanistan, and and I see her point too. She's like, the last thing I want to freaking talk about as an Afghan is a burqa. Like, get it out of my face. Like, I don't want to talk about the burqa anymore. Like, in in her eyes, it was you know that same that same um, that same worry that I had, where it was like I don't want to capitalize off of something that white people have assigned to us. And I think that that's kind of where she comes from. Um, so we have our own different take on it. So it's like people who are really close in my life don't even like it, you know? That's so um, interesting. Yeah. And it's, it wasn't insulting to me either. It was just kind of like, okay, that, but I like that because I like that it's bringing up this conversation, you know? Like, if it's making you think, then that's what I wanted because I've never freaking worn a burqa. I'm not, like, sitting here defending it, you know? But there are some people who like to wear it, and that's cool too. But whatever. That was the reaction. It, it was from, like, you know, for all across the board. Interesting, because yeah, when I first heard about burkas and beer, I thought, wow, this is such a cool dynamic because mm-hmm. it covers this spectrum, right? Like there are people in the community who can rationalize why burkas exist, and there are people in the community who, like you know, will go bar hopping, and so like those right. are both realities that the spectrum covers. And I felt I was like, oh damn, like she's gonna get into all the complicated stuff. So right, right. Um, but it's interesting that how even people close to you had that reaction. Yeah, no, yeah, they did. So, but it's been fun. <laughs> so the the blog is a lot of your, you know, a lot of your commentary, a lot of your opinions, and um, something that I've noticed and really respected is just how much you are just you're just honest. Like you give zero f's is is what I you know what I what I think about in 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 a lot of what you say, and um, you yeah. you you know like. What's your experience been um, in being so honest and in your opinions? Yeah. Um, my my experience has also been across the board. So um, a lot of the, the majority of the time it's okay. So the ones that stick out the most are the ones that are targeted as me, like targeted to me because I'm Afghan or because I'm Muslim and an Afghan girl shouldn't speak like this or a Muslim girl shouldn't speak like this or shame on you, blah, blah, blah. Like those are the ones that stick out the most. But 
to be honest, the majority is like a lot of support. Like I get way more support and way more like words of encouragement across the diaspora uh, intergenerationally um, than I do people who are critical or are not enjoying what I'm putting out there. But um, I may post more about the ones that are critical because it's kind of a reflection of like, why do we have an issue with a girl speaking their or her opinion? Um, so I've had things from like people telling me that like I have a special place in hell and I'm a feminist Nazi and um, I'll never get married. And the reason why I uh, have the opinions that I do is because an Afghan man must have rejected me. So now I'm on this like quest to like ruin them. Like, you know, really intense, misogynistic, um, hurtful things that like, that's hurtful, you know, um, hurtful as like, as my experience as a woman, I don't really take it personally. I take it like, damn, like that sucks that someone can operate this way in society and think this way about, you know, the opposite sex. Um, but overwhelmingly it's really supportive and it's, it's the best when I get, when I hear words of encouragement from women who are from my mother's generation, like whenever I hear things like that, it's like, okay, this is why I'm doing burkas and beer. And like, this is why I think it's important for us to have a place that we can, um, talk about things openly. And I, and I try really hard not to necessarily like endorse one uh, opinion over another but I just want to push boundaries like I just I feel like my really simple existence as someone who's trying to navigate um this super intense identity that we're all trying to navigate like it's not just me like it's other people it's it's our entire community whatever side of the spectrum you're on we're all having difficulties trying to hold on to our heritage, hold on to the multiple languages from that heritage. Like, it's so interesting, right? And it's like, when it comes to the reactions, when it comes to what kind of attention Burkas and Beer gets, it's anything from men who are afraid of me to 65-year-old women who support me to 16-year-old girls who don't speak a lick of Pashto or Farsi and say, you've brought me closer to my Afghan identity than anyone has ever had. Thank you for talking about what you're talking about. And um, do you find that certain topics uh, get more of a backlash than others? Because you kind of talk about politics, you talk about gender, identity, like there's a lot of things you cover. What are the ones that you feel like get the most responses? Anytime I'm bringing up misogyny, patriarchy, things that kind of, um, just that, okay, so I'm just going to leave it at that. Misogyny, patriarchy, like whenever it has something to do with that, um, I get way more likes from my female followers or my woke male dude followers than the guys who like, like a picture of me in, you know, wearing something else or having some other opinion, like... Like if I, I almost feel like the more I speak from my experience, the more it's like women supporting that. And then men being like, yeah, sure. I'm an ally. I support it, but I don't feel like double tapping and liking it, or I don't want to make a comment about it. Um, and the older I get, the more aware I am of my existence as a freaking like 
woman in capitalism. Like it's it's like an existential crisis kind of like lately. And I definitely do notice the shift in what people want to publicly support. Now that doesn't mean that guys are not supporting it. That just means that maybe they just don't feel like liking it because it doesn't have enough cleavage. Like, I don't know. Like, I don't know. Maybe sometimes I'm like, should I just like, like, like wear a bra and then just wear this, like put this exact same caption? Will you guys like read it then? Like I've literally gone through points where I'm like, do I make burgers and beer sexier because I need to get like attention because sex sells. And then I'm like, no, but that's just not me. Like, like it's just not me. So whatever point is, I think you get the point, right? So it's like, that's really interesting. Yeah, I've really thought about that. I swear I've thought about it. I've talked to like Shamoyel about it. I'll bring up Shamoyel a lot in these conversations because she's kind of my partner in crime right now. Um, but like she said the same thing. Like, do I need to just like go topless for people to care? And that's like the million dollar question, you know, but um, yeah. That's real. Like, I think I appreciate you saying that because that's like, and Omar is like so polite. He's like, oh, that's interesting. But like, that's real. Like, that's really things that women have to think about is like, what do we have to do to get your attention, to get you to participate in a conversation, you know? Yeah, yeah. And it's really painful. Like, it sucks because it's like, I feel like the more I talk about these experiences wow. from my angle, like, sometimes I'm like, am I going to lose followers? Like, Guys are going to be like, dude, this girl, like, like, she's not posting anything, like, provocative or sexy anymore. Like, unfollow. But it's like, we need guys to be a part of that conversation. <laughs> so, I don't know. It's, it's, I'm not saying that I'm going to do this or not do that. But it's something that I've noticed. Do you feel like what you share is your opinion or is it what people need to hear? Uh-huh. It's both. Um, I feel like. It's definitely what people need to hear. Like, I don't, okay, like, a long time ago, when I started Burkas and Beer, I feel like in the beginning, I was trying to navigate it in a way that would still be, like, politically correct or acceptable, or it was pushing just enough of the boundaries. But it's like, after a while, people need to hear certain things. Like, like what happened with Parhunda? Like, yeah, that was so far removed from us. It was in Afghanistan. But I have friends in the same, like, you know, theme, like, get a lot of backlash from their family because they live in a very, very patriarchal family or whatever it is. Just like, just like the way that we're treating women in civil society, the way, like how much space are we giving our daughters or our aunts or our divorcees or whoever it is, you know what I mean? And so initially I went from like, let me try to play this like really vanilla and like try to appease every different type of Afghan because I want this to be a unifying place and yada yada. And after a while it was like, no, some of these people legitimately don't give a fuck like about my existence. So why, why am I here trying to make them feel comfortable in my space? This is my page. If you don't like it, you don't like the blog, like you don't have to read it. So it's gone from, yes, my opinion, but also what people need to hear. And sometimes like it, it, sometimes it could be something that I'm not super passionate about, but I'm like, okay, maybe I should just post this up to show solidarity or whatever it is. So it's, it's a lot of 50, 50, but, um, I, I feel that the things that I post that come 
the most from my experience, but are also informed by reality are the ones that resonate the most. And so I've walked away from trying to make burkas and beer a place that you could show, you know, your like show anyone towards like, this is my reality. This is where I'm living. This is how I'm trying to navigate it. I'm not trying to brainwash your daughters. I'm just telling you like what's real for me. And um, we have to face that reality that as Afghans and diaspora, there's going to be a lot of diversity. So like, I forgot what the question was. <laughs> it's related to like you said reality. Like does your online presence reflect to your a day-to-day presence like how much does it reflect who you are in person and and like what is like the one misconception people may have of you if they like have read your blog and they meet you at like like the afghan american conference like are they like oh i didn't expect you to be like Uh quiet or whatever right like what Uh what what, what's the feedback you get i definitely do feel like um i've heard like the like i didn't know you could be quiet in person. Like I'm not constantly like yelling in caps lock and like, you know, like, (laughs) so I'm very opinionated. Um, If you ask me 25 questions, I'll answer 28 of them. But I also really just like to observe and like give other people space to talk. And I'm also not like, uh, I am very social, but, um, you know, I'm also not like super, super extroverted. Um, another thing is, is people don't expect that I'm as informed as I am. So sometimes I'll um, maybe have conversations with men online or or even like anyone. And like, it'll be like, wow, like I didn't know that you knew so much about the history or um, or you're so passionate about you know, bridging the gap between Afghanistan and here. Um, and then I've had, like, I've heard through people that people think I'm like doing it for attention. Um, I'm trying to think of like funny things that I've heard of. Uh, I've heard of like funny rumors about me that I'm like, I wish that was true because then I wouldn't need to have a blog and like be poor. Like well, Now you have to tell us what they are. So I, 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 okay, so um, in my experience, women that are opinionated, um, they get asked questions about like their romantic life and about like things that guys don't get asked. Like, like if I'm out there talking about things, talking about uh, themes that are really important to me, why are you asking me about shit that has nothing to do with that? Or why are you assuming that like that, that is or that's not a part of my lived experience? Um, shoot, sorry, you guys, I'm getting a bunch of text. Um, <laughs> what's it called? Um, but yeah, like, or, or the fact that like, I'm a lot more, I think, I think, with, so whatever I put online are things that I'm really opinionated about, right? But I'm not constantly screaming about like feminism and like constantly screaming about those things like I'm also just like a regular person who just likes coffee in the morning and doesn't want to talk about that shit all the time I guess that's one big thing is like when I do um go to AAC or go to all these places or or go to like community meetups and stuff like people want to talk about what's on my blog with me all the time and I'm just like oh like can we like can you just like text me about it later like (laughs) I just like want to play volleyball right now you know (laughs) but 
but still at the same time like it's great that that um that those those conversations want to be had i guess that's how you can say it okay so what's your most favorite mundane thing to do or like most basic what's that word uh what's that ha- i don't the hashtag basic bitch like what's your most like basic bitch thing i definitely uh, have some so that's why i'm asking Okay, so I would say my most basic bitch thing. I don't go out as much as people think that I go out. People think that I'm this fucking party animal. Like, oh my God, like Medina, like we're popping bottles, this, this, that. Like, no, I might finesse my way into somebody's table. Like I'm good at finessing, but that is not my like reality all the time. Like, yes, I live in LA, but like, you think I want to fucking wear high heels every single weekend? That shit hurts my feet. Like, I am not as much, like, as much of an outgoing person as people think that I am in terms of, like, being out and drinking or whatever. What I really like to do in my free time is just, like, clean my room, watch reruns of Law & Order SVU, and wear socks, and just, like, wear my PJs and, like, drink coffee. Like, that's, like, my basic bitch shit. Like, just let me kick it at home, like look at everybody's snapchats and be like i'm so glad i'm not out right now i'm very much a homebody and i think people tend to think that i go out a lot but that's because that's what i document i'm not going to document when i'm at home like reading fucking like like chicken soup and shit like i'm not gonna like record that but i record whenever i'm out obviously right um so like stuff like that i guess (laughs) it's like basic bitch shit yeah law Law and orders your go-to reruns I love Law and Order SVU. I like love, love, love all of the love and hip hop Atlanta, New York. I love Real Housewives. Is Cardi B uh, your favorite from from the show? Or so I have been listening and watching Cardi B much longer than most people that I know. And <laughs> I like I got these vibes from her. I was like, oh my gosh, she's gonna be so big. She's gonna be so big. Like I'm so excited. And I would put like gifts of her on my Instagram, and no one got it. And then it's like now, like everyone's listening to her, and I'm like, mm, okay, cool. But yeah. So we wanted to um, end on some some fun questions that hopefully some people maybe uh, have some familiarity with. So like, one, I feel like one of the most avian things you can do and experiences that people have growing up is having to go, and maybe sorry, not just growing up. I just have the most traumatic experiences from growing yes. up having to return items at a store that you know do not belong to <laughs> have oh. no business being returned and i remember being dragged down with my mom all the time and standing as far away as possible because i wanted oh. to avoid the interactions that were about to go down so i want to oh. ask you medina tell yeah. us about your <laughs> tell us one good story of a return that had no business being returned <laughs> bro bro dude i literally the funny thing is is that i think this was this was like a repressed memory and it lately has come up and i've been talking to people about it because it's so funny and i'm like i can't believe that really happened okay so first i want to defend our generation that returns random ass shit i think that that is hella suave i think that like you have to hustle to make it that's cool i wish i had as much like 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 gusto as them to do things like that because sometimes I feel like I play way too much by the rules and I'm like no I can't do that like that's not honest but like we would not be where we're at today if our that generation did not finesse it but with that being said sometimes they can take it times 10 my mom tried to return a motherfucking living room set 
Two years after. Two <laughs> years, bro. Legitimately, two years after either it, it was either two years after it was purchased or two years after you could return it. I don't remember because I was seven years old. But what I do remember is standing as far away from her as possible <laughs> and her standing like at the freaking and it was ugh. dude. I wish I could remember the name of the store, because if I say it, you guys are going to be like, oh, yeah, for sure. It was it's like it's like if I were to say like living spaces now, like it was a well-known place, um, but they, they closed down now and I can't remember the name. But she was like trying for 20 minutes to be like, you know, I just don't like it. I lost the receipt, blah, 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 blah. And literally, I don't know how it turned into this, but she ended up on the floor, fake crying, <laughs> bawling, bawling, like heaving, like heaving, like playing the refugee card, like milking that, like milking that she can't speak English. Like, even though she speaks like five languages, my mom is an insanely intelligent person. But if she wants to get her way, she will like play like 10 masks. Like, this lady is such a boss. And like, was just, I don't even remember what she said, how she said it, how it happened. I just remember her on the floor crying, like security coming. And they took the They took back. it they at took the end it. of the day. <laughs> and that was when I, like, that was probably one of my, for sure, most embarrassing return moments with my mom. Um, and it's kind of like given me PTSD since then to like, where like, I don't want to return items that even I think should be returned, but I'm like, that is like what if they say something so yeah <laughs> i feel you on that i don't know how they get away with it i don't know how it happens and then they're so cool they're so i wish i was like half as like like gutsy as them they're the best <laughs> that was great i appreciated that mm-hmm. okay last last one what about weddings most memorable wedding moment because you know all the fun stuff happens at afghan weddings i'm trying to think okay but most fun thing that has happened at a wedding i've never or like embarrassing. or a what embarrassing yeah i'm trying to think like i don't think anything embarrassing has ever happened to me at a wedding uh let's see the only thing that I can think of is like a really um, like morbid thing that happened, I guess. Okay. You know, like all the, I won't, okay. You know, all the uncles go to the uh, parking lot and they drink out there. So a bunch of my uncles had done that. They had, you know, my, my friend calls it parking lot pimping. So they were parking lot pimping, like doing their thing, like, you know, drinking a shit ton. And one of our uncles like walked back in but like (laughs) like somehow was like trying to hold the door open for his mom and then got like his finger cut in like caught in the door and the door closed and literally like the top part of his finger like came off but because he was so hammered he didn't feel any pain wow yes so morbid and you know how afghans are they were like oh my god like like someone like nazar this this union like you know so and so's finger came off like and i'm like no dude he was just fucking drunk and put his hand where it shouldn't have been like i don't think this reflects anything on the couple like please don't curse the poor couple but that was some really creepy really fucking morbid shit that happened (laughs) yeah 
That's amazing. That's a, yeah. We need to get more stories from you. Oh, and for um, so to wrap this up, you recently joined the Samoa Network, yes. and we were wondering what uh, persuaded you to participate and what you're excited about in joining this collaborative. Because I've always been fanning, fangirling over you, so I'm really excited you're part of it. But I oh my like God, I love you. Take. Well, I was always fangirling over all of you. Like, I mean, I've I've known a lot of you from before TSN. So I got I was really lucky. Like, I got to watch you guys form this collaborative, and I got to watch it change over time. Um, and it's even cooler when it's like you're the the great thing about the Avian American community now and you know, a big part of it is thanks to the conference is these people are not your BFF. They're not a part of your life every single day, but you feel like a connection with them because they have this like similar refugee story as you. So like they can, I like you guys can identify with me. I can identify with you across the spectrum in our daily lives, across the States, whatever it is. Right. So I got to watch TSN grow that way and like always love the conversations. And it, a part of it felt like, like, okay, I don't have to do all the work on my own. There's TSN, like they're, they're starting the dialogues too. And they have like such a great, um, diverse, like board, you know what I mean? And, and people like people from all, like all types of Afghans, like we're a fucking exotic plant or some shit, but like all different, you know, like different Afghans can come to TSN and like take something away from the conversation. So, um, to be a part of that was something that really, really excited me. Um, and then another thing was, is like, I was like, we could take this to a different level. So I felt like I had, I had ideas that I wanted to present to you guys, um, that I thought if we all collaboratively worked on it, it could, you know, have different dialogue or open up the space for even more people to join in. Um, so that was what like turned me on to TSN and excited me and like really encouraged me and made me want to be a part of it. It was like, um, there's other people in the community that realize how important it is to have these dialogues and to like bring as many people on board as possible. We're super excited to have you and 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 the collaborate and like you know get more of your perspective involved. So um, yeah. thank you again for like doing this interview with us and this is of just course. the beginning of yes. conversations that we're having. So yeah. we're super hyped. Thank you so but much for taking we the wanted- time, Medina. Of course, you guys. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for like building this platform and like putting in the work. You guys work so hard. Thank you for like like working around my reschedulings and all that stuff. You guys are the best. <laughs> Have a good night. You too. Bye, you guys. Bye. Bye.